you must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is still a sigh. Is that right? Just a sigh. Uh, just a sigh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I've ruined it. No, I've ruined it's it. okay. <laughs> it was very... This is going to be a nice tune. It was very Seth MacFarlane. I can kind of sing. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can sing very well. Thank you. <laughs> I think you can sing pretty good. Whatever. <laughs> it's, a, it's, 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 it's average above. Thank you. <laughs> kicking and streaming where we want to say at the start we do not support stalking not at all i'm carrie i'm ross and this week we are covering the 1993 nora efron romantic comedy classic sleepless in seattle you can call it a classic but damn <laughs> before we get started don't forget you can follow us on twitter at kick and stream k-i-c-k-n s-t-r-e-a-m and if you like the show and want to tell us what you like about it, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We'd very much appreciate it. I want to be a producer. <laughs> and if you want to write to the show, you can do so at Kicking and Streaming Podcast, all spelled out like that, at gmail.com. And that's no ampersand, folks. Yeah. The word and is spelled out. Thank you for clarifying. I should, do you check the email? Yes, I do. Do you really? Someone's got to. I was going to say I need to. Normally, guys, we try not to have noisy drinks down here. But tonight... <laughs> Some of us needed a rum cocktail mm. to get through this, so... Absolutely. So if you hear tinkling... Or me, crunching on ice. I apologize. Yeah. This is our mom's favorite movie. I think so. Or th- so she told you once. I think, well, it might, it might be a different answer now. I don't know. But the last time I heard mom talk about this movie, because I asked her once, I was like, what's your favorite movie? And she was like, hmm, I don't know. I really like Sleepless in Seattle. So I got a really like out of that. Uh-huh. Not a, you know, favorite necessarily. But that's what she mentioned. So mom, I hope you enjoy our <laughs> review of Sleepless in Seattle. If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Sleepless in Seattle. You call the radio station? Christmas Eve. He phones in one of those radio call-in shows and tells them that his dad needs a new wife. And the shrinkette practically forces the guy onto the phone and says, Tell me, what was so special about your wife? Well, Dr. Marshall Fieldstone, I think. It was like... Magic. Magic. Sleepless in Seattle? That's what she called him on the show because he can't sleep. And now 2,000 women want his number. Dear Sleepless in Seattle, you're the most attractive man I ever laid ears on. The guy could be a crackhead. Actually, he sounded nice. You know it's easier to be killed by a terrorist than it is to get married over the age of 40. That is not true. That statistic is not true. That's right. It's not true. But it feels true. Sandy has a girlfriend, Glenda. She's a weightlifter. Well, it's not like her neck is bigger than her head. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not asking you to set me up. What about Walter? Walter and I are engaged. What? <laughs> Today, I consider myself the luckiest man, 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 face of the earth, the earth, the earth, the earth. The Lou Gehrig life. The Lou Gehrig life. When's the last time you were out there? Uh, Jimmy Carter, 1978. Things are a little different now. I am having all of these fantasies about some man I have never even met who lives in Seattle. It rains nine months of the year in Seattle. I know! What if I never meet him? What if this man is my destiny and I never meet him? Your destiny can be your doom. I want to meet you. Dad, read this, read this! Where is Seattle? Right. Where is Baltimore? right there. Look, one, two, three, four, but there's like 26 states. But what I really don't want to do is end up always wondering what might have happened and knowing I could have done something. This is the one I like. There is no way that we are going on a plane to meet someone who could be a crazy sick lunatic. Didn't you see Fatal Attraction? This is a very 90s star-studded cast. I really hate you because I'd love to have a private thought. Because you know how many times I wrote that down? Uh-huh. Or like, you said studded cast. But I wrote, oh, it's the 90s. Oh, we're in the 90s. Oh, this is really the 90s. Like, several times. <laughs> over and over again. Yes, we do. We have, give it up for Tom Hanks. I mean, come on. 
Tom Hanks is playing Sam Baldwin. We've got Meg Ryan. And you know, I haven't seen really any Meg Ryan films. Yes, you have. I've seen bits and pieces of When Harry Met Sally, but like not all of it. You've definitely heard her voice work. Oh, I'm sure I have. Like in what? She is the voice of adult Anastasia. That's right. She is. Mm -hmm. Damn. Like, she's really good in that. Yeah. (laughs) You don't like her performance in this movie. I really don't. (laughs) I'm very sorry. It could have been better. Who else have we got? For the third time, President Whitmore. Oh, yes. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman again, folks. Because we did Independence Day and Casper. Now we're doing Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, my God. Bill Pullman is a favorite here at Kicking and Streaming. He's a 90s favorite. Let's say that. (laughs) (laughs) Walter is in some ways my favorite character. Okay. He's one of the only <laughs> he's one of the only characters that doesn't annoy me on some level. Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, we have we have <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell Rosie. playing Becky, the best friend. I love Rosie O'Donnell. I feel sad for her these days. <laughs> she's married to a person she supposedly loves very much, mm. so mm. and she has millions of dollars, so uh, I think she's got everything she needs. Who else have we got? We've got Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner as Jay. Let me talk about the uh, Reiner connections in here. The Reiners and the Marshalls are like butt buddies, so mm, yeah, very very close. Rob Reiner was married to Penny Marshall. Yes, at one time. I think they were getting divorced during this because Gary Marshall was supposed to direct, and then uh, <clears throat> they gave it over to. Nora. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh-oh. Who else? Victor Garber. Yes! From Cinderella. Absolutely. Yes. He's playing Greg. Yes. Sam's brother-in-law. Uh-huh. And, and, who's playing his sister? Rita Wilson? Yeah. That's Tom Hanks's actual wife. Real-life wife. Oh, it is? Yeah, she was there. She was there at the Golden Globes when he got his Lifetime Achievement Award or whatever. I mean, I hope so. She was so, she was crying. She was smiling. It was, it was, oh, I loved it. It was brilliant. And I love, I love Tom Hanks' speech too. Like David Hyde Pierce. Oh my God. This movie, I'm telling you, it's like a premonition of Frasier. Yeah, no, because when... (laughs) When he's when he says the thing about it rains nine months out of the twelve in Seattle, and I was like, you would know, yeah, because you live there, yeah, in Frasier. on Fraser, he <laughs> plays he plays Kelsey Grammer's brother, and he's a Seattle-based psychiatrist. You also might know David Hyde Pierce from Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, I love that movie and the show. Mm-hmm. He's the voice of the stick bug in Bugs Life. He's a Nixon. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. Frances Conroy. Our girl Frances Conroy. Wow, you're way down the list. She has a bit role in this movie. She's like an under five. Frances Conroy is, of course, of American Horror Story fame. You might know her as Moira, the maid, or what's her name? Myrtle Snow in Mm -hmm. Coven. We're going to do our best to try and keep you grounded with where we are physically in the plot, because we're going to be doing a lot of switching back and forth from Seattle to Baltimore and Seattle to Baltimore. So we're going to do our best. And we're going to try and keep the center an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what the first thing you wrote was. Well, this is sad. <laughs> yeah. Mommy got sick. And it happened just like that. There's nothing anybody could do. It isn't fair. There's no reason. But if we start asking why, we'll go crazy. Uh, we open on a funeral. Yep, in Chicago. Sam Baldwin, architect, played by Tom Hanks, and his son Jonah, our graveside. And this morose narration that's going on from Tom Hanks. His wife has succumbed to a long illness, and now Sam has decided that they need a change of scenery. I love how when he's back at his job, one of his co-workers tries to hand him a card for a psychiatrist and he goes into his bag and he pulls out this stack of business cards and he starts naming them off all the other grief services he's been offered loss of spouse support group chicago cancer family network parents without partners partners without parents hug yourself hug a friend hug a shrink or work work hard work will save you Work is the only thing that will see you through this. I wrote, is it weird that I don't feel bad? (laughs) No, why would you be expected to have any emotional attachment to Maggie? Because, like, it got just, it's really heavy from the get-go. Yeah, but you know what? It's all uphill from here. So just stay with me. Okay. 
Sam has decided that they need a change of scenery, so he's gonna move Jonah, young Jonah, in his whole life to Seattle. Where it rains, where you can be depressed for a reason. I love that now he's a widower, everybody in his family is like, can you, can, can you do things? Can you cook? Can you make this child juice? Can you put your shoes on the right feet? Like, yeah. his sister is like, okay, this is how you use the stove. And he's not even listening. Do you know how to make juice? <laughs> In the microwave, five minutes. <laughs> I don't think so, Sam. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> He is just, he is elsewhere. He's not here. And so this very impulsive move all the way to the other end of the country, I think someone's hurting. And when, like, they're going to the airport and they're, like, talking him into all these things and his sister's like, Eventually, in a few months, you'll start seeing women. You'll meet someone. Right, right. Move on. Right. That's that's what I'm gonna do. And then in a few months, boom, I'll be fine. I'll just grow a new heart. Sam, so I'm she sorry. Mean I know, I know. Look, it... Just doesn't happen twice. Yeah. And that hit me. I was like, ooh, a lot of the times it doesn't. I just think it's funny that that's his actual wife in real life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I get, now that you tell me that, yeah, that is funny. Then boom, opening credits, which is a fabulous cover, in my opinion. This is when I, f I don't know if I agree with you. <laughs> I love Jimmy Durante. Please play a little bit of him singing it. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by I feel like he's firing shots at me <laughs> With his voice, I don't know why I'm just like, calm down, it's a smooth song I love Casablanca and I love that song mm. And I love that version of it Cut to Baltimore 18 I, months later. I wrote Baltimore. Why? <laughs> Could have been anywhere else. We meet Annie Reed, played by Meg Ryan. Mm. She's a writer for the Baltimore Sun. She and her fiance, Walter. Mm, the Bill, hypochondriac. Yeah, Bill Pullman. They are arriving at her parents' house to meet them for the first time, I guess? Because yeah. Walter's proposed to her, and now he's going to go meet her family? The tall one with red hair is your cousin Irene. You'll recognize her by the disappointed look on her face. I was married to Harold, who ran off with his secretary. But came back because Irene threatened to put the dog to sleep if he didn't. I wrote down, I can already tell that Meg Ryan is a sad person. How? Like, she just, she just has this look on her face. She's just not into this. This relationship? Yeah, she's just not interested. Anyway, but she's, she's putting up an act. It's like she's putting up an act like she is. I sympathize with Walter a lot throughout this movie. Walter is weird. Because he's a pretty nice guy. He's weird. And many women would be lucky to have him. Did I mention that he's fucking weird? <laughs> I think he's funny and sweet. Mm. If you can't tell by the fact that Bill Pullman is not on the movie poster... Spoiler alert, she doesn't end up with Bill Pullman. Yeah. <laughs> this is not like the end of Casablanca where she gets on the plane. Annie comes from a super waspy family. She do. They're in a huge they're in a huge dining room, elaborately decorated for Christmas. Mm -hmm. The china pattern is fabulous. The food is rich. Ha. <laughs> See what I did there? No. Because <laughs> like the first thing she announces to the people at this at this dinner is like, we're engaged. And then everyone freaks out. Walter is trying to ingratiate himself with these people. And he makes that Lou Gehrig reference. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man, 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 The Lou Gehrig line. Remember, remember, Dad, the Lou Gehrig line from uh, Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Baseball, it's baseball. Yeah. Historical yeah. reference. It does not land with the family. They're like, what? <laughs> the Lou Gehrig line. I know. Just the way she's like, see, he's funny. Dennis does a you thing. He goes, oh, sports. That's a sports reference. <laughs> Lay off of me. We cut to the attic, and Mrs. Reed is handing her own wedding dress off to Annie for her use. It looks nice. It's just a little matronly. Yeah. <laughs> Annie's telling this dumb story about how she met Walter. Like they both ordered the same sandwich and somehow got the others. I was tuning out, but <laughs> Walter's not that lovely. Oh, stop. He's really not. Uh, he's so nice. He didn't, he treats her wonderfully. He didn't do shit to her and he gets the raw end of the stick. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and Annie points out, you make a million little decisions, never knowing that they'll be significant. 
Destiny takes a hand. Mom, destiny is something we've invented because we can't stand the fact that everything that happens is accidental. Then how do you explain that you both ordered exactly the same sandwich except for the bread? Annie doesn't believe in these sorts of things. True lovers meeting miraculously. She believes it's all on accident, which is kind of why she's saddled herself with Walter. You picked up on that? I didn't. She doesn't emote very well. Oh, come on. I was so bored. <laughs> I was bored with Meg Ryan, like, in the first, like, three scenes. I was just like, ugh. Here we go. We're gonna get to her emoting right now. Yes. Because what's happening is she and Walter are driving separately to Washington, D.C. to meet his parents. And they're going to take separate cars because she needs to be back for work at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's by herself, puttering down the road at probably 1130 at night. Mm -hmm. She's surfing the radio stations. And the only thing on that's even remotely worth listening to is this talk show for a radio call-in host, Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. What is the show called? I can't remember. <laughs> I just know that it's Dr. Marsha. Another thing about this movie that's really Frasier, we have radio psychiatrists. She hears this little boy's voice calling in to Dr. Marsha. And on the other side of the country, in Seattle, Jonah Baldwin is on the line. All right, what's your Christmas wish, Jonah? It's not for me, it's for my dad. I think he needs a new wife. Oh, you don't like the one he has now? He doesn't have one now. That's the problem. I forget what gets Meg Ryan to say it. Joan, is your dad home right now? Yeah. What's he doing? Is he busy? Not really. He's out on the deck. Well, I'm sure that I can help, but I'm going to need you to help me <gasps> help him. So Wretched what I want you to woman. do is bring your dad Hang up, Joan. I don't listen to her. No way. He'd kill me. Wretched woman. <laughs> And no, like, Jonah, don't do it. <laughs> I said, LOL, now I'm starting to like Meg. And I love how Jonah goes, Dad, phone for you. And Sam picks up the receiver, and then Jonah is nowhere to be seen. Exactly. Hello. Hello, Sam. This is Dr. Marsha Fieldstone on Network America. I want you to know that your son called, and he asked me for some advice on how you might find a new wife. Who is this? Dr. Marsha Fieldstone of Network America, and you are on the air. You call the radio station? Sam. Sam. Dr. Marsha starts interviewing Sam, and Sam is reluctantly explaining the fact why they're both going through a grieving process no, right now. Yes, Marsha. Oh, I mean, <laughs> he could have hung up on her. You're right. You know what? You're right. And he doesn't. He, he, he persists in the interview. He explains the fact that they're both going through it, but they're managing. She asks him how he's sleeping at night, and Jonah, who's on the extension, goes, he doesn't sleep at all. How do you know that? <laughs> I live here, Dad. <laughs> Finally, Dr. Marsha asks him if there's someone he thinks he could love as much as his wife. And this is where the panty peeling starts. The what? The panty peeling. Nothing is panty peeling about this. <laughs> he goes on a, he goes on this long soliloquy about how much he loves his wife. I know, but see, that's what I'm saying. That's I the wrote, panty peeling part. I wrote down, she made everything beautiful. Tell me what was so special about your wife. Oh, well, it was a... Oh, it was a million tiny little things that when you added them all up, it, it just meant that we were supposed to be together. And I knew it. And I knew it the very first time I touched her. I was just taking her hand to help her out of a car. And I knew it. It was like... Magic. Magic. That's rough. Mm -hmm. That's from the pits of your soul rough. See, but that's the panty peeling part because women Stop. love men. Stop. It's not panty peeling. It's sad. <laughs> women, I'm telling you, women, especially in the 90s, enjoyed a man who was in touch with that part of his feelings and wasn't ashamed of it. Lousy Americans. <laughs> Sexualizing trauma left and right. Hey, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. And I, I wrote down, God damn it, Meg Ryan and I are crying. <laughs> And at the end of the show, when Dr. Marsh is like, or when, before they put them on hold so that everybody else can call in and dump on what he just said, <laughs> he goes, we're talking to Sleepless in Seattle. And I was like, they said it! They said they it! said the title of the movie in the movie! In the next scene, we're introduced to Annie's best friend, Becky, played by Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, Becky. <laughs> they're, they're, are they watching this stupid movie? 
No, 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 no. In, they're at the Baltimore oh, Sun. they're at work. Oh, yeah, because this is where they're in the meeting or whatever's yeah. going on. The content team is trying to decide what to run in the next edition. And Annie is telling them, she's like, you know, I listened to this radio show the other night, and this little kid called in and said, my, my dad's sad. He needs a new wife. And all of these women, you know, have begun to... Call in and ask for his number. Yeah. And his address. Yeah. No. <laughs> Do that. And, of course, we're subjected to the horribly aging wisdom of 90s men. You should write something about this. About what? Whatever it is. I'll tell you what it is. 2,000 women calling a radio station for a husband. There are a lot of desperate women out there looking for love. Especially over a certain age. You know it's easier to be killed by a terrorist than it is to get married over the age of 40. That's not true. That statistic is not true. That's right. It's not true. But it feels true. Cut to Walter and Annie dancing at a New Year's Eve party. <laughs> I wrote, I can't take Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Her dirt, like She just has this energy through the whole thing that I'm just like, you're a conflicted human. You need to calm down. <laughs> Like, it's showing in every way possible except directly. See, but maybe that makes her a good actress. It's, it's, it, listen. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's more the character than the actress that's getting to me. Maybe it's <laughs> Annie I don't like. Walter has a very romantic idea. He suggests that because he's going to be on a conference in New York over Valentine's Day, that they meet up in New York on Valentine's Day and have their own little day so they can still be together on this holiday that the greeting card companies invented. Walter is such a dork. I love him. Mm. He's twirling her and he's smiling and he seems so happy. Mm. And she looks distracted. Yeah, she is not satisfied. And I don't care how nice he is. Uh, don't lead people on like that. No, exactly. Especially nice people. See, Walter's a nice boy. Man, he's annoying though. <laughs> The next day in Seattle, Sam's arriving to his work site, and we meet a couple of new characters. First, I want to talk about Claire, the homeowner, Dana Ivy. Sam, Claire, I'm so you? glad you're here. I heard you on the radio. I told everyone about it. She's been in the three movies that I know Dana Ivy from are Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. She's, She's one, one of, of the, the concierges. concierges. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that one. At the Plaza Hotel. I know her from The Color Purple. Oh, you love that movie. She's one of the racist ladies in the color purple. And what a coincidence. The third movie I know, she's the she's the queen racist in The Help. Yeah, like she's like the leader of that local she, chapter of called the, the Daughters DA. of America. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Daughters of the American Revolution. Oh, no, never. Then we meet Jay, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Well, this is fate. She's divorced. We don't want to redo the cabinets and you need a wife. What do they call that when, when everything intersects? The Bermuda Triangle. I don't remember what Rob's job is. Or Jay. His name is Jay. <laughs> I can't call Rob's him Rob. Rob's job is being Jay, who's <laughs> a part of this. He's a, par he's a part of the crew. Yeah, he's a part of the crew. He's Tom Hanks' foil, the way that Becky, Rosie O'Donnell, is Annie's foil. Yeah. I kind of wanted Becky and Jay to end up together <laughs> in the end. But How? I don't know. How? You're right. I don't know. Of course, everybody he works with either has heard about the show or heard the show when he called into Dr. Marcia. Yeah, he's getting quite the reputation. Sam arrives home and there's literally bags of mail waiting for him from women all over the country who want to meet him in and, and get into his pants and marry him and all of these crazy things. Can I just say one thing? What? Why is the kid at home alone? He does kind of seem There's, to leave Jonah home. It's twice that happens. Maybe maybe the school bus drops him off right before Sam gets home. Mm, maybe, so he can be trusted for, what, a half hour? <laughs> he proves later that he definitely he can't. He really can't. Anyway. Jonah's going through the mail. Dear Sleepless in Seattle. You're the most attractive man I ever laid ears on. <laughs> Dear Sleepless in Seattle, I live in Tulsa. Where's that? It's in Oklahoma. Do you know where Oklahoma is? Somewhere in the middle. I'm not even going to think about what they're not teaching you in school. I'm not going to think about it. He's like, hey, what about this one? What about this one? And Sam's really just resisting the whole idea. Because he would like to meet somebody, quote, the old-fashioned way. True. Which is just really strange to hear someone to talk about in 2020. And all of the... Yeah, it is. Gavin and I met on Tinder. Yeah, we have a whole different way of meeting each other now. So that part of the movie was fascinating to me. I was like, oh, crap. They're writing this shit in. People had to, like, really depend on who was in their immediate sphere 
Yeah. Unless they wanted to take a risk by going on the internet or placing a personals ad. All things that would have been considered embarrassing back then. Tom Hanks has amazing chemistry with this kid. He does. It's really good. I wrote, this is a very direct father-son relationship. It's almost like they're a couple at some points, just the way they fight. Like, in later scenes, Tom Hanks gets fed up with him and he's like, oh, Jonah, shut up. Yeah. And Jonah was walking away. Yeah. And he, he goes, pivots on his heel and comes back. Shut up. Shut, shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. The chutzpah of this kid. Another season, and that's the reason for making Whoopi. Isn't this where she waltzes into David Hyde Pierce? Yeah, because we're back in Baltimore, and she can't get Sam out of her head. And she waltzes into her brother's office. I'm assuming he's a psychiatrist in this movie as well. When you're attracted to someone, it just means that your subconscious is attracted to their subconscious. So what we think of as fate is just two neuroses knowing they're a perfect match. I don't even know him. I am having all of these fantasies about some man I have never even met who lives in Seattle. It rains nine months of the year in Seattle. I just feel like somebody saw this movie and stood up in their chair and went, That's our Niles! <laughs> like, he plays Niles in this movie, and he would go on to be on Frasier in a matter of months, I think. Annie just resigns herself to the fact that it's probably cold feet getting to her. And, like, Dennis really hasn't offered her any advice or anything, but she's just like, oh, I feel so much better. Back in Seattle, Jay is trying to get Sam back on the dating scene. Uh And he's offering him all this advice about what it's like to date women now. Mm -hmm. They're at this diner. First, you have to be friends. You have to like each other. Then your neck. This could go on for years. Then you have tests, and then you get to do it with a condom. The good news is you split the check. I don't think I could let a woman pay for dinner. Great! They'll throw a parade in your honor. You'll be man of the year in Seattle Magazine. Both Jay and Jonah have made it clear to Sam, you know, uh, you don't go to the women anymore. They come to you. Yeah. Yeah, they ask you. You you no more asking them. And they're very forward about what they want these days, and... They care more about your physical appearance. The typical 90s woman. Yeah. No. (laughs) No, I love this joke. They're talking about how women like cute butts now. Uh Uh-huh. So how's my butt? Not bad. Really? Yeah. Is it cute, though? Mm, I don't know. Are we grading on the curve? (laughs) I love that. Hate (laughs) it. And they're talking about how you gotta, women gotta invite you to the place and how they gotta pick the movie and how they love tiramisu. Yeah, he doesn't know what that is. And Jay won't tell him. Yeah. He's like, what's tiramisu? You're gonna love it. Well, a woman's gonna want me to do it to her and I'm not gonna know what to do. It's an Italian dessert, guys. (laughs) I don't know why he's being so tight-lipped about it. Yeah, we're back at the house. Again, why is the kid home alone? (laughs) Yeah, because he comes in and he can't find him and he goes all the way up into his room and he turns around in his spinny chair yeah. and there's another tiny human there with him. A girl named Jessica. Which I, I guess they go to school. They together. must, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're neighbors. Who knows? Hey, Jonah. Hi, Dad. This is Jessica. Well, it's nice to meet you, Jessica. Dad, could you shut the door? Sure. I wrote, LOL, his his kid is getting more action than he is. (laughs) And they're like, can you shut the door? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is the 90s. Uh, He does. And then he silently opens it back up. And and I think it made him, I don't think it made him mad, but I think it made him feel a little. He's like, okay, my kid can't have more women in his life than I do. Yeah. So what does he do? He goes to the Rolodex because one of Jay's suggestions was that he call one of the decorators that they worked with and, Victoria and since it's 1993 there's still a Rolodex yes yeah he's gonna go through and I love how Gene Autry's back in the saddle again is playing underneath it yes yes I love that I'm back in the saddle again out where a friend is a friend where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly gypsum weed back in the saddle again This is the most awkward telephone conversation, not because it's going poorly, but because 
The woman on the other end, Victoria, she's doing exactly what Jay said she would do. She's calling all the shots. She's giving him all the where, when, why to be. Yes. You know? She picks the restaurant. She picks the time. She picks the date. You're you're meeting me there. You're not picking me up. You know? <laughs> we're, we're only hearing his half of the conversation, but like... He keeps getting interrupted. <laughs> I just love how he thought this was going to go so poorly, and it literally took care of itself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, now we're at the part with the stupid movie. Listen, An Affair to Remember is a fabulous film okay have you seen it like actually watched it of course i have after i've seen this movie i had to know what the big hype was about did you really you went and watched it and honestly the same hype that i think comes from an affair to remember is the same hype for this movie like, really because it's 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 all very meta right like this is a movie about being in about wanting to be in love in a movie becky and annie are having a girls night in they're watching an affair to remember. With Cary Grant and Deborah Carr. Is it Carr or Kerr? Is it Carr or Kerr? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember. No, they don't know either, but that joke comes later. Annie's agonizing over writing a letter to Sam because she just feels compelled to. She's also emotional from the movie. Oh my god, and Becky is me. <laughs> now, those were the days when people knew how to be in love. You're a basket case. They knew it. Time distance nothing could separate them because they knew it was right it was real it was a movie that's your problem you don't want to be in love you want to be in love in a movie you don't want to be in love you want to be in love in a movie yes i, I feel seen thank you rosie <laughs> i just love her deadpan you're a basket case you're a basket case big mood they're they're watching the movie they're mouthing along with the lines and they're just like men don't get this movie yeah i know and annie decides that she's not gonna write a letter to sam like this is this is stupid this is moronic and she crumples it up and she throws it on the couch put a pin in that this next thing this is where i wrote this is mostly sad no yeah this scene is tough <clears throat> because jonah wakes up in the middle of the night in seattle after a nightmare about his mom. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, because he's calling for his mom. And I'm like... And Sam says something that punches me in the diaphragm. What do you think happens to someone after they die? I don't know. Like, do you believe in heaven? I never did. The whole idea of an afterlife. But now I don't know. So I have these dreams about... About your mom. And we have long talks... So what is that? It's sort of an afterlife, isn't it? It's, what? It's honesty that the child deserves. Because, like, I think it's healthy. I think it is, too. I think it's good to let a child slowly learn more and more that things are not so. Because they, I think they can better deal with it. You know what I mean? You never give them more information than what they can handle. Exactly. But you give them a little more each time. So Annie goes snooping, 90s style, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's on this old computer. I know. She's using her resources as a writer to run a background check on Sam. I know. <laughs> what the hell? She hires a PI to follow him. It's you. You have got to be smart these days. Back in Seattle, Sam is getting ready to go on his date with Victoria, and he is fraught with anxiety i know <laughs> he's looking in the mirror and he's nobody's paying attention to him jonah and the babysitter watching tv and he's looking in the mirror and he's like uh how do i look how do i look Great. huh do i look okay do i look all right i look stupid i look stupid i look like i'm trying too hard and he drops this letter in jonah's lap he's like this one's addressed to both of us uh-huh and guess what guys it's annie's letter it's annie's letter Be becky becky picked that letter up and she mailed it anyway she mailed it anyway <laughs> rosie thanks a lot it's becky. your fault that sleepless in seattle happened <laughs> anyway he's reading annie's letter and he's like this is a really good letter dad and like annie wrote all of these things about how um she thinks it would be awesome to meet the both of them not just sam and how brooks robinson who plays for a Baltimore team, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the sports. They're into some sports people. No. And they, they like the same sports guy. And it, yeah, she. they both think Brooks Robinson is the greatest. And of course, you know, he's like, what, eight? So he's going to base everything around the fact that they like baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Sam takes him over to the map. All right. Where is Seattle? Right. Where's Baltimore? That's 
right there. Look, one, two, three, four, but there's like 26 states between here and there. Now that's a sign. Remember how Jonah didn't know where yeah. Oklahoma was? <laughs> yeah. It takes them a second, and I love this. Tom Hanks goes, ah, right there. <laughs> there's like one, two, three, four, 26 states there's in between. 26 <laughs> states in between. I love that. <laughs> Just, ha ha, over here. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's at the restaurant with Victoria. She's overall a nice person. She does have one unfortunate thing about her, which is that her laughter is, um... Yeah. Boisterous? I wrote this lady's laugh is fucking obnoxious. <laughs> Everything all right? Oh, yeah. Do you have kids? No. You want mine? <laughs> Listen, we're the last two people in the world that should be criticizing people about their laughter. Yeah, no, I wrote, this bitch's laugh is obnoxious, but so is mine. Yeah? Yeah. If we're somewhere, you know it. That's true. <laughs> Jonah calls the restaurant and he asks his dad, Hey dad, Annie wants to meet us on top of the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day. Can we go? And I love his response. He's like, Jonah. What? Have you fallen down? Are you bleeding? Is Clarice there? Has she been strangled? No. So this is the only reason for this phone call? Just because parents are travel agents and just because... I'm not going to have this conversation right now. We will talk about it at a later time. I can't believe this conversation has lasted this long. You go to bed. Don't interrupt my date. This is the first time I actually gave this a try. Come on. And he goes back to the table. And this is where you see that there's a private investigator taking photos of him from the mezzanine. Yeah, I became super uncomfy yeah. when that started to happen. Because I was like, oh my god. We're suddenly in a spy movie. Annie is off her rocker. <laughs> she really is a basket case. In the next scene, Sam is introducing Victoria to Jonah. Like, that was very fast. Yeah. And she comes waltzing up with all the groceries. And she's like, we're going to go home. We're going to make dinner. And he's like, mm, great. Can't wait. <laughs> and they're eating dinner. They're having a nice time. They've cleaned up. Now she wants the fireplace rebricked. Oh, I know her pretty well. I could give her a call. No, no, no. I've got it solved. I'm just going to hit her with one of those fireplaces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. You are so funny. If she laughed at one more not funny thing that he said, I was going to blow my gay head off. People who laugh at everything you say... <laughs> I've had people like that with me before. Yeah. Laughing at everything I say. And I'm like, you're making me uncomfortable. You're <laughs> making me feel like this is the most ingenuine thing ever. <laughs> you're making me feel stupid. Like, because everything I'm saying cannot possibly be that funny. But regardless of her obnoxiousness, it's going well between the two of them. What about camping? What about it? Do you like camping? I went camping once. You know what, Dad? We gotta start camping more often. You're right. Camping is good. Time for bed. It's only 10 o'clock. Yeah, 10 o'clock. Time for bed. Bedtime. It's bedtime, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, it's only 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's only 10 o'clock. Bedtime. <laughs> but Jonah can't stop himself from sneaking back downstairs and seeing what's going on. And they're out on the deck and they're laughing back and forth. And Jonah decides that he's going to pick up the phone and call into Dr. Marsha again. Because you know, Sam and Victoria have now had occasion to share a snog. Yeah, as they say. Yes, and <laughs> Jonah is not having it. He calls into Dr. Marsha and he's telling on Sam. Now he's kissing her on the lips. She's a hoe. My dad's been captured by a hoe. What am I going to do? Calm down, Jonah. Calm down. Tomorrow morning, when you're sitting down to breakfast with your dad, tell him how you feel. It's not good to keep your feelings inside you. She's a hoe for kissing his dad once. Everybody needs to lay off Victoria, in my opinion. Like, Annie gets rough on her later. I'm just like, would y'all leave Victoria alone? She's just trying to have a nice time. Jonah doesn't like Dr. Marsh's touchy-feely advice. So he slams the phone down and screams at the top of his lungs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, because Marsha's like, listen, you wanted your dad to do this. And now that it's happening, you don't like it. And he didn't like that. No. So he slammed the phone down and yes. And he screams like his hair is on fire, which of course scares the holy crap out of Sam and Victoria. And he's like, I thought I saw a black widow spider. <laughs> and Sam's like, what? <laughs> 
Well, next time you see a Black Widow spider, say, Dad, there's a poisonous insect in the house. Yeah. And I will calmly come and take care of it. <laughs> next time, if you scream like that again, I'll kill you. It's <laughs> such a 90s dad thing to say. If you scream like that again, I'll, I'll kill, kill you. Annie comes into Becky's office the next day and she's like, you know, I was thinking about writing a piece about those radio shows. And like, they're not even making eye contact. And Becky's like, yeah, you probably have to go somewhere to really write it. <laughs> What's happening is that they're scheming for her to fly to Seattle on the paper's dime. Uh-huh. And so this is what is happening right now. Annie is going to get on a plane. Fly to a city she's never been to to search for a man whom she's never met. And she has every intention of just knocking on his door and introducing herself. Yeah. It's crazy. And the craziest thing about it is that she, of course, lies to Walter about where she's going. She's like, oh, I'm going to Chicago. Like, I'm not going to Seattle to stalk a man that I heard on the radio. It's like, oh, I won't be here when you get back. And she's like, oh, oh well. <laughs> she could not do I'll it. see you on Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. At the Seattle airport, Sam and Jonah are seeing Victoria off where, who cares? Yeah, and, Victoria's and, going someplace to do something. And Jonah is being eight years old. Can I bring something back for you? A souvenir? Do you like those little snow globes? You know, you shake them up and then the snow floats down? Sure, I'd really like that. Thank you so much. He's eight. He's good at it. Once she boards, Sam calmly explains to Jonah that this is what adults do. They try, I, I love the line, they try other people on and see if they fit you know yeah that, that's what's happening here i'm not marrying her and he's in the middle of a sentence and who comes out of the arriving gate annie yes this is what single people do they try other people on and see how they fit but everybody's an adjustment there's no, nobody's perfect there's no such thing as a perfect Like, he's transfixed by her. Yeah. It's like magic. Damn it. I did it. <laughs> I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't going to say that. It is. Damn it, Nora Ephron. And, you know, takes Jonah. He's like, come on, let's go. Let's follow this woman. That's not what he says. But he's just like, come on. He's actually trying to follow her through the terminal. And he ends up losing her mm -hmm. because Jonah won't shut up about reincarnation. And then don't we get a shot of her walking up to the house? Yeah, she went straight to his address. Nobody answers the door. She goes around the side of the house to realize Jonah and Sam have embarked on a boat. Yeah, they took the motorboat out because, they, again, they live on the water. Because they can do that. Yeah. They're allowed to do that. Must be nice. Must be nice. She gets back in the car and, like, drive she chases them she chases them along the bay the highway runs parallel with the bay and she's just following the boat until it pulls over to a beach stalker yeah she's standing <laughs> she's standing behind a building watching him play with his kid and she doesn't recognize him as that man that was following her through the terminal yeah like, like she probably didn't see him she probably didn't she even though he was i don't know right in front of you <laughs> So yeah, she's it's a very it's a very nice scene. I watched him play with his son at the beach. Did you talk to him? Couldn't do it. How did I get here? You told a lie and got on a plane. That's not what I mean. I'm going back over there tomorrow and talk to him. I am. Okay. She comes back the next day. Nerves of steel. She's gonna talk to him this time. And he and Jonah pull up in the Jeep, and we see this woman running to meet them and gives them both a big hug. It's Susie. It's Aunt Susie. Yeah. You know, it's his it's his sister. But Annie doesn't know that. No, she doesn't. And like she was in the middle of crossing the road. And now she's just in the middle of the fucking street. <laughs> She won't move forward, not backward. And cars are like, beep, beep. She almost gets pancaked by a semi. I know. Gets their attention. Oh, no, yeah. Tom, or... Tom. I keep wanting to call him Tom. No. Hello, Tom. <laughs> Tom, if you're listening. 
We know you're not. We love you. Yeah. You're America's sweetheart. You are. God bless you. God bless. Sam turns around and he's like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> not, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Do you need help? Because I'm sure he recognizes her. Yeah, he. I think he did. Yeah. And so they just go, hi. And hi. <laughs> it's a non-event. Yes. Annie, Annie gets back to Baltimore and she's recounting all of this horror to Becky. They go up to Annie's apartment and there's a reply to her letter f- to Sam waiting for her. And this is where Becky has to come clean. Look, I sent your letter. Yeah. <laughs> they do not fight about that at all. Yeah, I know. God love them. Annie's like, oh, you did? <laughs> They're reading the reply, which Jonah obviously wrote. We're very excited about meeting you in New York on Valentine's Day and seeing if we are M-F-E-O. M-F-E-O? Made for each other. It's cute. It's like a little clue. Oh, it's cute. It's like a little clue. (laughs) (laughs) Back in Seattle, Aunt Susie and Uncle Greg are over for dinner. Sam's telling them, like, listen, I keep seeing this woman. Yeah. This woman, he doesn't say that she's following him, but that's what's happening. And he's like, it was like I knew her. It was weird. And like, oh boy, here we go. Mm-hmm. And then he recounts the whole spiel that Jonah called Dr. Marsha, made him get on, and now he has like a cult following, uh-huh. <laughs> women willing to devote themselves to him. And this is where Susie offers some big kicking and streaming energy. <laughs> it's a long clip, but I'm going to play the whole thing. Yeah, she wants to meet me at the top of the Empire State Building. On Valentine's Day. It's like that movie. What movie? And a fair to remember it. Did you ever see it? She's going to meet him at the top of the Empire State Building. Only she got hit by a taxi. And he waited and waited. She's too proud to tell him that she's... Uh, and he's too proud to find out why she doesn't come but he comes to see her anyway i forget why but oh oh so amazing when he comes to see her because he doesn't even notice that she doesn't get up to say hello and you think that he's just gonna walk out the door and never know why. She's just lying there, you know, like on the couch with this blanket over her shriveled little legs. She's beside herself. Yeah. And of course the men don't get it. Yeah, they start making fun of her. And you know this whole part where they're pretending to be upset over the Dirty Dozen? Yeah, That's yeah. all improv. I'm. That's great. Oh, Lee Marvin and they're standing at the top of the mine shaft <laughs> and they're throwing grenades. <laughs> Gets I hate me. That. I know. I hate them. They're being such dicks. But no, this is the part where when she was like, it's Cary Grant and Deborah Carr. Care. Is it car or cur? And they both say something different. <laughs> yeah, I know. Car or cur. Like we did earlier. Yeah, but you said care. It's not cur. You agree with neither of them. No, but <laughs> she's inconsolable and it's hilarious. Big kicking and streaming energy. The next day, Jessica and Jonah are also watching an affair to remember. Yeah, and Jessica is getting weepy. I'm, I'm sure the way that his Aunt Susie reacted <laughs> to this movie, Jonah had to be like, I have to see what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is the deal? Yeah. And so, Je- yeah, Jessica herself is also a puddle. This is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. What's so great about it? You have to find her, Jonah. You have to go to her. Do you know how much money it costs to go to New York? Nobody knows. It changes practically every day. And here's the thing. Her mother works for a travel agency, runs one out of their house, yeah. Which completely boggled my mind when she came to the door and was like, honey, can you keep an eye on things out front for a second? I was like, she's seven. Yeah. Or eight or nine, whatever. <laughs> Definitely not double digits. And you're going to put her in charge? While mom's out to the bank or wherever she went, she manages to get online and book Jonah a boarding pass to New York City <laughs> for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Without his parents' knowledge. Yeah. It was really easy fly alone when you were young back then kevin McAllister. yeah <laughs> no one no one questioned a thing or was it easy to fly for a kid in a movie yeah and it was also pre-9-11 so everything was lax by comparison 
given all your love to just one man. Annie lives over a chocolatier? Yeah, no, Annie lives in an, a second floor apartment above a chocolatier or a candy shop, something. Yeah, and she comes out of that store and the not subtle <laughs> chocolate arrangement with their silhouette, with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks' silhouettes on them. Yeah, it's not subtle at all. It's a sign! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! She gets in the mailbox and she has a valentine for Walter because Valentine's Day has finally arrived. Yes. This is the day everything is supposed to go down. And she's going to get on the train and go meet Walter. She's gathering her things. She's talking to Becky on her way out. She's like, I'm so happy, Becky. Finally, I feel happy. This is right. This is real. Everything else is what happens when you watch too many movies and you completely lose sight of what counts. This is a good idea. Like, it's like she's trying to convince herself. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's real manic. Her, her mind is going, don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> she goes to New York. She sees Walter. They're very happy to see each other. They go look at China patterns or something, I think, for mm -hmm. the wedding ceremony. Yeah. And she looks at him and goes, I just, I just got, I think I got nervous. No, but, th but that's normal, right? I mean, don't you ever feel nervous about, you know. What? Forever. No. In the move he's about to make, and she's just not. And she spends the rest of this series of scenes trying to talk herself out of it. Yeah, it's kind of sad to watch. Yeah, and so meanwhile, Sam is trying to go on his own excursion. Oh God, I love this with Victoria. He's going on vacation with Victoria, and he's packing, and he and Jonah are having a fight while it's happening. Yeah, this is the one I like. What's wrong with Annie? Oh, Jonah, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Mom never said shut up to me! Mom never yelled at me! The conversation is finished. Why can't we go to New York? There is no way that we are going on a plane to meet some woman who could be a crazy sick lunatic. Didn't you see Fatal Attraction? He's like, and I love how Sam's like, no rolling around in poison ivy as soon as I leave. If you cut off your finger, it's staying off. Yeah, he's like, you're not fucking this up. They are having what I consider to be a full-blown marital dispute. Yeah. Like, just the way they're arguing. They are, this is not a child being lectured by a parent. This is an equal exchange of emotion mm -hmm. going on here. Yes. It's just such an interesting dynamic. So it's the next morning, and Sam's trying to leave. Can't find the Jonah. Can't find the Jonah. <laughs> He's like, Jonah, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Come hug me. And Jonah's already flown the coop. Jonah. <laughs> Jonah's gone. G-O-N-E, gone. After some mild interrogation, Jesse finally admits that, yeah, I bought him a plane ticket. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting in New York by himself. But she didn't give it up easily, guys. Say whatever you want to about her unibrow. She is no snitch. <laughs> you right about the unibrow. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I love every time there's travel happening. This little graphic of the United States pulls up on the screen. <laughs> and, just... and you see the dot of where the plane... There's no plane. It's just a dotted line. Of being... the flight plan. Of the flight plan, yeah. And so we get to New York, right? A shot of the Plaza Hotel pops up. Very similar and reminiscent of the shot of the Plaza Hotel in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yeah. And you know what I thought when I saw that shot of the plaza? What? I went, if DJT shows up in this plaza, I'm breaking the television. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not want to see his face in a movie right now. Once Jonah lands, he immediately gets into a taxi and goes to the top of the Empire State Building. There it is. What you gonna do when you get up there? Spit off the top? No. I'm going to meet my new mother. Yeah. He's just going to stand up there and ask every woman who comes up there if she's Annie. Exactly. Every woman who's by herself. And I love how one time we were watching this with Dad, and he and Jonah gets up there, and he's walking up to different women. Are you Annie? No. Are you Annie? My name is Cindy. And then he goes up to the third one. He's like, are you Annie? And she just shakes her head. And Dad goes, I guess they didn't want to pay that one. <laughs> Oh my god. Annie and Walter are sitting down to a very romantic dinner. And it was a very good view. Yes. <laughs> of the Empire State Building. Yes. So Annie's a little distracted. Exactly. She's not really listening. And this is where she finally looks at Walter 
who was saying, who was trying to be funny, I think. Yeah. But she wasn't listening. She looks at him and says, Walter, I have to tell you something. And she tells him. Very matter-of-factly. Yeah, the whole weird story. She's like, I lied to you. I went to Seattle. (laughs) I'm in love with this person that I've never met. She tells him, it's not him. It's her. Yeah. And it's not Sam either. There's a problem with her. Yeah. She's dissatisfied with what she has with Walter. And can I just say something? Yeah. Walter takes it spectacularly well. He has the most mature reaction I've ever seen. Look, Annie, I love you, but let's leave that out of this. I don't want to be someone that you're settling for. I don't want to be someone that anyone settles for. (sighs) Marriage is hard enough without bringing such low expectations into it, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, that's some major self-worth analysis right there. And it's and that's when you realize, oh man, we have had zero respect for Walter all this time. Yeah. No, and, seriously, that's when I first started to like Walter. And he was this way the whole time. We just weren't seeing it because we're on Annie's side as a viewer. He's also annoying. Oh, stop it. He's hypochondriac. <laughs> Shit. And sh- I love how she looks at him and goes, Walter, I don't deserve you. And I have in all capital letters, you are right, you don't. Can I talk about something kind of grim real quick? Okay. He getting these shots of New York City, right? Oh, no. I know exactly where you're going. And it's just, it's weird. Do you it, know what I mean? It is weird. Because we don't know it that way. It, we, because we, I, I'm obviously talking about the World Trade Center. Yes. And how back then, you know. It was a standard part of the skyline. New York City, you thought back then World Trade Center. Yeah. The two towers, the twin towers. And I'm just like, every time I see it in a shot, I'm just like, ooh, that's a, that's a. That's a different world. It's a different world. Yeah. And and it's just like, it's just, it's weird. Holy crap. I need a drink. Yeah, I know. It's, It's just weird to see that. I don't know why. I guess we quite literally did not grow up knowing that as a landmark. I mean, we did. We were too little. I was nine. But like. In 2001. Sorry. I know I brought it down. But like. <laughs> okay, let's pick it back up and just, get to the it's end. It's just weird. So they amicably part. And Annie is making a <laughs> mad dash. I wrote, it's a sign. Everything is a sign. Every- oh, that's <laughs> right. Because all the windows light up into a heart yeah. on the Empire State Building. She's like, I better get going. <laughs> yeah. And she's at a mad dash for the Empire State Building. And Sam is also hot on Jonah's heels. Yes, Sam has taken an emergency plane all the way across the continent. He steals that guy's taxi. Yeah. He's he's like, oh, oh, you want money? Money? Here's money. Rushes to Empire State Building, goes all the way to the top. I wrote down, I would have dangled him over the edge of the building if (laughs) I were his dad. Can you imagine? You you don't know if you're ever going to see your kid again. Your kid runs away, flies cross-country by himself, goes to one of the most dangerous cities in the world at the time. Did Home Alone teach us nothing? I don't, I guess not. <laughs> don't let kids fly by themselves. And like, he sees Jonah and he grabs Jonah up and he just, oh, he's such a dad. What if I couldn't get to you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what, what have I done, huh? You are my family. You're all I've got. I thought she'd be here. I thought she'd come. We're doing okay, aren't we? I mean, are we okay? Are we all right? I mean, so far, have I done anything really stupid? No. Have I screwed it up for the both of us? No. You're slowly watching him unclench, you know what I mean? Yeah. And hug his kid. This is when Annie is coming in downstairs. But Grandpa <laughs> won't let her go up. The, the really old security guard? Yeah. Listen... Can I just take a look? There's someone I was supposed to meet. He's probably not there, but if I don't at least look, I'll always wonder about it. Cary Grant, right? You know that movie? One of my wife's favorites. So she gets to go up before her door opens. Oh my god. Sam and Jonah get in the last elevator down. It's so infuriating because their elevator car closes and it dings to go down. And her car opens up on the left. This is where I became upset. This, so, is, this is where I became upset. Because I've never seen this movie before. It's absolutely maddening. And I, I know what happens in the end. But I was like, I swear to God, if this prolongs the plot any longer, <laughs> I'm going to have a conniption. And so she goes out there and she's looking around. They have missed 
each other by a matter of seconds. <laughs> and she's going out there and she's looking around and thank God, because I was thinking and thinking, something's got to bring him back to the top because they got to meet at the top. I know that fucking happens. <laughs> and so she finds the hat and the bear and the book bag. They come rushing back after it. And that's when I wrote, finally, Jesus. <laughs> I lost her by the telescopes. Their eyes meet, and suddenly I turn into Aunt Susie. Yeah. I'm I'm crying. Bawling. Because just the way that Jonah looks at her and says, Are you Annie? Yes. You're Annie. This must be yours. And she has such an instant connection with Jonah. Like, uh-huh. the, the bit about the bears. Yeah. Like, Howard. Howard the bear, yes. And I'm just sobbing because Sam knows. He's always known. He knew in the airport. He knew in the middle of the street. And he knows it now. And I love how they reach out and take hands just like his first wife. Mm-hmm. It was like magic. magic. <laughs> your, God. Your face. Ugh. He looks at her, he looks at her and goes, "Well, shall we?" And they go to get in the elevator together and that Jimmy Durante song starts playing and they can't stop looking at each other. Yeah. They're so fascinated and by And Jonah is quite pleased. Oh, he sure He's is. He's very pleased with himself. He is. <laughs> and the movie ends with the elevator car door closing. I know. It's so important to make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. Make just one heart to heart you. You sing to one. Smile that cheers you. One face that lights when it nears you. One girl you're. You're everything. I think the reason, because I the, most of this movie was an ordeal for me, because <laughs> I was like, "What is the, the, the?" It has it's a movie that has weird energy. It just no, does. This movie, I saw this movie when I was a teenager because mom told me she liked it so much, and it made me mad. Yeah, they had two minutes of screen time. I know. Is that what frustrates you? Yes. Too? <laughs> you think there's a lack of pay? I would have much rather their plots run together rather than beside each other oh my and you know what i did tear up yeah you sure did. i did tear up in the end I, I what i wrote down was they tried and tried and they didn't think it was going to happen but it did and i guess that kind of reminds me of mom in yeah. a way mom just always keeps trying yeah you know when stuff i think that's something i learned from her you know you you keep on trying you're not always confident that things are going to work out in your favor. But when it does, it's really good. Oh, it's so true. You know, and that's what made me cry harder. Yeah. You know, it was because like this whole movie was just such an ordeal and I was just ready for it to culminate like that. And I thought I wasn't going to have any payoff when it finally <laughs> did. And then here I am crying. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it's like life. It is. <laughs> you try and you try and you don't think it's going to happen, but then it does. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. Exactly. And and then I wrote, okay, but this is mostly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. You loved Rosie. I did. You loved Rob Reiner. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe you didn't love Rob Reiner. It was okay. And you loved all the humor. You loved <sighs> the father-son dynamic. I did. You... We didn't even talk about how <laughs> they like cut to the bathroom and they're brushing their teeth. And he goes, so I guess you find someone here going to have sex with her, huh? Oh, no. And he just goes, I should hope so. <laughs> I love that scene. He goes, is she, she, she going to scratch up your back? What? And he, yeah, he goes, what? <laughs> in he goes, the like, movies. In movies, whenever <laughs> men, are, men are always getting their back scratched up and the lady's always screaming and stuff. I'm like, this kid. <laughs> that's meta. <laughs> Jokes about movies in a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but see, and that's why I think I liked it more watching it as an adult. 
because not because I'm a fan of the narrative or how these two people come together, but how it's a movie that challenges what we believe it's like to be in love in movies. Yeah. Like, it, it challenged the perception, because it was the 90s. Things were changing in the dating scene. People could go online and meet people now. Yeah. People didn't well. have... People didn't have to. People were putting meeting people through the newspaper. Yeah, things like that. There were. It's the emergence of a more global communications network. And honestly, I think that has a lot to do with lots of women going back to work and pursuing careers and having more sense of an agency in their dating life. And it had this ripple effect that radically changed the dating scene. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing this transitional period memorialized in film for one because like i said dating's very different now too yes it's insanely insanely different that's another world it is yeah and but i also love how this is a movie about being in love in a movie yeah and how it maintained all of these fuzzy feelings that we still get from old movies while being a more evolved era of narrative, you know what I mean? You don't want to be in love. You want to be in love in a movie. I do want to be. I am in love in a movie. Like, Aw. Sorry. Gavin. I know that's mushy, but I'm in love in a movie. Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. I'm very glad that we got through it. <laughs> but you know what? We, yeah, we gotta we gotta do the spiel. Yeah, okay. we gotta tell them what's coming up. All right, Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I already know what's coming up. So we're gonna do another rom com, and I thought that we would go completely on the nose. With Let's it. do the ensemble film. Valentine's Day. Great. 2010, right? So this is yeah. What, this is probably gonna be the latest. Project we've done so far. Guys. Guys. What? Valentine's Day. Gary Marshall's Valentine's Day (laughs) is 10 years old. Oh, stop it. I haven't seen it since it came out. So now that I've seen Cats and just dead set, I'm not watching anything with Taylor Swift in. (laughs) I had a feeling that was your problem. In the meantime, don't forget, you can go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. And you can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. No ampersand. No ampersand. It's all spelled out. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry Mom. Mom.